Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. The Tally Ho Theater in Leesburg, Virginia hosts a special tribute to Rage Against the Machine tomorrow night. I spoke with Rage bass player Tim Comerford in 2016 when his supergroup Prophets of Rage played Eagle Bank Arena in Fairfax, Virginia. Timmy C. dishes on the band's biggest anthems from the political rage of Killing in the Name to the John Coltrane roots of Bulls on Parade. I'm here with the one and only Tim Comerford, a.k.a. Timmy C., uh, of both Rage Against the Machine and the new rap rock supergroup, Prophets of Rage. Thanks so much for joining us, Timmy C. Right on, Jason. All right, man. Um, just in case our in case our listeners uh, aren't, aren't aware, um, let's just run through you know the formation of the supergroup. So you got you Tom Morello and Brad Wilk of Rage. You got Chuck D and DJ Lord of Public Enemy, and you got B Real of Cypress Hill. How did you guys uh, come together and and decide to form here? Uh, this was this came from Tom, you know, and and I was excited when I got the call from Tom asking me if I wanted to be part of this, and of course I did, and. And it was sort of like, hey, do you want to play with Chuck D and Be Real and Brad and DJ Lord and and go after the RNC and play at a prison and do some of the things that we've that we need to be doing in today's political environment? And I was like, yeah, this is amazing. So like, he Tom gets excited about things, and I love it when he gets excited because he makes shit happen. <laughs> Definitely. Um, you mentioned the the political angle. Um, I think I saw in, in Rolling Stone, um, Tom Morello had said that 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 you guys were a group of revolutionary musicians put together to to confront the mountain of election year BS. Um, go into that. Why 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 was is this campaign so different? I mean, the the answer is obvious, but you know why why did why did that sort of uh, light a fire under you guys? Well, I mean, you know that we have a a pretty insane presidential election happening but we have an an insane world that we live in and and we have incredible music that we are sitting on with and that needs to be out there and needs to be the soundtrack for defiance and and you know rage is what it takes to change the world and it's it goes back in history all the all the things all the important changes that we've made in our world all stem from people that are pissed off and this music is pissed off and these dudes are pissed off and this world needs change so it's it's a perfect like i said a perfect soundtrack track for that what are some of the things you guys are pissed off about well i mean it's clear it's like for me it it comes down to to the borders and that's what i keep saying it's like it's it's borders it's 
you know, we live in the United States, and the states aren't even united. You know, there's each state has their own laws, and and those what it comes down to at the end of the day, you have a you have a presidential candidate talking about building walls and banning Muslims, and we have countries leaving the European Union basically over well, we don't want to be associated with them and their economy. And at the end of the day, it's racism, you know. And so, like, we live in a world where we're building walls to separate people and and culture, and and really we need to be tearing those walls down and, and, and uniting as citizens of the planet Earth. And, and music is the universal language, and so that's that's what we're doing. We're trying to tear these walls down. Do you think, uh, you know, let's say decades from now, people might look back on, on some of the, of your guys' music that Prophets is doing, um, and do you think they'd look back on it sort of in a, a similar way that we look back on some of those, you know, 60s protest songs at the time? I'm sure, I'm sure they will, you know, and hopefully there'll be a new generation of even more angry protest music, you know, years from now, and you know, and and hopefully we'll inspire them in the same way that Bob Dylan inspired us. You know, and so it's 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 a it's a short list. You know, there's not a lot of bands that have had success having politics be their their main focus, and and uh, it's not easy. It's not an easy road to take, but it's it's a great one. You know, and I I love music that that teaches me things and I love music that makes me feel angry and I love angry music and so hopefully there'll be more of it. <laughs> awesome. Um, which, which, which songs, um, I mean, like, let's say like, you know, you mentioned Dylan, you know, he had Blown in the Wind and other protest songs, but what, what about you guys either that you have with Rage or if, is there anything new that Prophets has, has cut together um, that, that, that sort of speak to this sort of thing? Well, I mean, you know, Public Enemy and Cypress Hill, like like those. Even though Cypress Hill is not as overtly a political as, say, Rage and Public Enemy, it really is. They are very political in that they speak the language of where they where they're from, and that's not a language that we learn in in school, and that's not a language that I learned in school. And so, I learn about Latino culture from listening to hip hop music, and so it is very political and. And, you know, I think that um, what we're doing and the music that we're playing is 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 important. I, I Like I said, I lost track of where I was going with that, but uh, well, I, I, I... I... I just said to, you know, um, throw out an example of a, of a song or two of you guys that you think speaks to that. Well, I mean, like, you know, it could be, it could be Channel Zero, Public Enemy, it could be, it could be... Uh, a song like Calm Like a Bomb from Rage, yeah. or it could be Kill a Man, you know, from Cypress. The list goes on and on. I actually don't care what song we play. I love them all. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> I love them all. And it's so great to be able to go, hey, man, we didn't learn, uh, we didn't learn uh, Can't Trust It, so let's let's uh, take the verse of of freedom and mix it with the the chorus of snake charmer and you just put can't trust it on top of that or whatever right. so we it's so great to just be able to like mash up songs to learn songs in their original incarnation to come up with new versions of music to play underneath older songs to write new songs to play cover songs it's just it's incredible the 
the amount, the, the size of the catalog that we get to choose from. I love sort of the, the message to end poverty and homelessness that um, the ghost of Tom Joad had. I, I just love that song, especially when Tom gets on with the boss, with Springsteen, and does it. It's just, it's just it gives me goosebumps every time. Do you guys still play that on your when you're touring? Well, here we haven't played it, but I will say this: that Tom wants to play it, and we have a we have a kind of a, a version of it that is like the Rage version off Renegades, mm-hmm. Renegades, and also borrowing stuff from the original Bruce Springsteen. It's like it's like a you know a Frankenstein version of both of those songs together, <laughs> and I'm very excited to get to it, and I'm sure we'll play it on this tour. We've been. Like I said, I have a, a tape on my, or a, not a tape, but I have a, on my phone, a recording that he sent me of him playing acoustic guitar and going, hey, we should do it like this. And it sounds spectacular. So yeah, we will play it on this tour. Awesome. Well, that, there's a, there's, that question's another little nudge to hopefully you guys will add it in there. <laughs> yeah, uh, we will. I'll, we'll do it for you, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm sure that's the reason. Uh, no, do it for Bruce, not me. Um, awesome. <laughs> well, uh, take me. Take, let's go back a little bit. Cause, so this isn't obviously your, your personally your, your first uh, supergroup idea, because you guys did with Chris Cornell with Audio Slave too. Um, what do you remember from those days, uh, and how, how, does, how did that sort of supergroup experience compare to uh, putting this one together? Well, that one, you know, Audio Slave to me was more focused on music, and I became a better musician because I, at that time I hadn't, didn't have a whole lot of experience with working with a vocalist who was singing melodies and then having to tailor the music accordingly, you know, and, and that was something that I, I'm, I'm very proud of. Like, I listened to Audio Slave, and I'm like, wow, I can't believe we did that, and I really love that we that we didn't just try to make another Rage Against the Machine, and instead we embarked on a on a new musical career and direction and became better musicians because of it. And and now we here we are, better musicians, better understanding of music, and, and we're able to apply that in a, a new, different way, you know, and, and, and I'm excited about it. So, yeah, it's, you know, I, I just... I feel blessed. I, you know, so much of being a successful musician is being in the right place at the right time and being lucky, you know, and I feel very lucky that here I am in a in another situation that is amazing, you know. Yeah, for sure. Take take me back to even before Audio Slave. Take me back to the very, uh, you know, the seeds planted for Rage. When did you meet Tom and uh and Brad and and how did you guys end up uh coming up with not only na- the name but the band itself? Well, I've I've been friends with Zach and I have been friends since we were in elementary school. We grew up um we grew up loving the Sex Pistols and you know he he's Zach is actually a very proficient guitar player and he when we were kids he knew how to play all the songs on the Nevermind the Bullocks record. So when we were in like 5th and 6th grade, we were banging out all those songs. And the jam on that record that we loved was the song called Bodies which had the the most swearing in it. That was the one <laughs> as kids, me and Zach really loved. And here, and then you know, fast forward to Rage, and uh, you know, a song like Killing in the Name. It's really inspired by that as much as anything else. And uh, we, so we knew each other for a long time, and we were actually playing music together, uh, where he was playing guitar and I was playing bass. And then we had a a, a friend, a drummer that that ended up becoming the drummer for Tom's band before Rage Against the Machine, which is called Lockup. And that guy, that drummer, ended up going to jail for some stuff. And 
So Lockett How ironic. And that, <laughs> and that drummer told me, hey, look, you guys should go hook up with this guy, Tom. Hmm. So me and Zach went and hooked up with Tom. And at that time, Tom had already connected with Brad. And that's sort of how the band came together was me and Zach connected with Tom and Brad. Awesome. That's. I mean, you guys seriously. It's. I'm. I'm sure I'm not the only one, but you know, sort of growing up in the '80s and '90s, and you guys are sort of the soundtrack of a lot of our lives. Um, what oh, is? Cool. Yeah, definitely, man. Um, let's just you know, bang, bang, bang through through a couple of the songs. Tell me, tell me how they were sort of uh, how they were written. Um, how'd you come up with "Killing in the Name"? Who wrote that one? Well, we all. Every song that we've ever written is a group effort, and that's the that's a good thing. And you know, that's. There's so many bands that don't aren't set up like that that are like oh well this guy's the primary songwriter or that guy and we're not a, we've I've never been in a band like that whether it be Audio Slave or Rage Against the Machine and or Prophets of Rage and we all we all share the burden of writing songs and it doesn't matter whether it's a drum sometimes it's a drum beat that inspires a song sometimes it's a riff that inspires a song and sometimes it's a vocal part and. Uh, and Killing in the Name was all four of us in the room back in 1990, writing our, putting together our demo tape, which was 12 songs, and and most of the songs on our first record are on that demo tape, and uh, Killing in the Name was one of those songs, and I remember when we wrote that, musically, when we wrote the arrangement, we were so excited about the way that it sounded before the vocals were even on it. Zach and I were roommates at that time, and we we brought the music home and we were playing the song, that song and a few others for our, we had a few other roommates and we were bumping that and people were just rocking out to it before the lyrics were even on it. So <laughs> once the lyrics got crafted into that song, it just made it that much better and that much more poignant. And, you know, it's just, that's the, that's the similarity between the prophets of rage and the, the origin of rage against the machine is that here we are writing music where we can just write a riff or a song and just go that sounds badass and we just know that it's going to sound even better once the vocals go on it and you don't have to worry about well i have this melody idea and it's really not going to work with that riff and you guys can you change that note so that it works with it? and there's none of that it's like that sounds badass. Now put something equally badass on top of it, and we're good to go. You know? right, yeah, and if you guys think it sounds badass, then the rest of us, I probably will agree. <laughs> <laughs> Take me into Bulls on Parade. What was the inspiration for that? Uh, same, you know, same sort of thing. That was a group effort, and you know, we all we all wrote riffs in that. That was one of those ones where, like, you know, I wrote a riff in there. Tom has a riff in there. Zach has a riff in there. Brad, you know, obviously came up with the drum beat and. And, you know, I can speak for the opening riff. That was a, a riff that I came. I think that might have been the, the inspiration for that song was the first, the bada, that, and that, um, that's just straight lifted off of John Coltrane, my favorite things. You've listened to that. That to me is like the, John Coltrane is the greatest musician of all time. And I, I went through like a upright bass, like bebop jazz phase where I just, that's, I was just so into it and I would go to clubs and see anyone who was still living that played with Coltrane and my wife and I would always go check it out and um and that song my favorite things is such a beautiful song and the bass line is just ba boom 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 and it's like that bass line just keeps repeating itself and the ba boom ba boom that is just straight taken from that 
Wow. <laughs> I never knew it came from, from uh, then. That's amazing. Um, okay, cool. Well, we could go through so many others. Gorilla Radio, Renegades of Funk, the whole nine yards. But uh, let bring it back around then uh, for, to, to this weekend show. Um, you guys play Eagle Bank Arena at Friday in Fairfax. Um, what sort of stuff can we expect? Uh, is it, It's going to be a mix of all your guys' uh, you know, original work with your, your, your other bands and, and some new stuff? That's it. You know, it's 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 original songs in their original versions. It's it's rageified songs, Cypress songs that have been rageified, and Public Enemy songs that have been rageified, and and it's cover songs and it's mashups and it's exciting and it's angry and it's badass and it's inspirational and that's I'm excited. I'm as excited as being a part of it as I am a fan and it's no different than you know that's the thing about Rage Against the Machine or Prophets of Rage it's the the band is important but no more important than the audience and and that's what makes the show great is the the shared enthusiasm so I'm I'm excited and hopefully we'll bring it as good as the audience does and as good as john coltrane used to thank you never never going to be that good (laughs) (laughs) something to aspire to all right hey thanks so much uh timmy c we really appreciate it right on thank you thanks so much for joining us on beyond the fame with jason fraley remember to hit the subscribe button and give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear we'll see you next time wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy. Living in the D.C. area is great, and Podcast D.C. gathers all of the local shows that I like all in one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast D.C. is the new local app with hundreds of D.C. area podcasts to choose from. I can earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts I love instantly. Available in the App Store or in Google Play, listen local with Podcast D.C.